Okay. All right, we're rolling on a river. Um, All right, let's go. Go on then. Dive straight in then, mate. Like, if you want to yeah. talk as yeah, what so, you okay. do. Yes, yes. So, I guess my first question is, how did you – why did you reach out to me? Why not? I mean, I don't know. There's got to be a reason. There's, like, a billion people in the world. Well, there's a lot more than a billion people in the world. Oh, like, 7.1 billion, yeah, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, no, nah, man, I'm all <laughs> about stories, man, you know. And, honestly, like, I got onto you through Stephanie. Yeah, um, Jack alone. Nah, the Bobby Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then I, you know, I'm always wanting to listen to stories. I always like connecting with people. You know, I've been fucking homeless twice, dude. So if I have a conversation with someone, I'm like, yeah, man, let's go. Like, is it two o'clock in the morning? Fine, fuck, let's do it. You know, I think a lot of people have a lot of things to say, and um, I, I'm fascinated with the whole fucking fitness industry. I've been in it for eleven years. Right. And anyone that owns a joint, you know, a gym, yeah. um, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's hear what they do. Let's hear how they spin the community. I think a community is an organic thing. It needs to be nurtured. All right. Wait, it's either growing or dying. Right. Um, mm-hmm. One day I'll own a gym. One day I'll own a free gym as well. That's one of my uh, goals of mine is to be able to coach kids for free. So like okay. kids that come out of like literally poverty and orphans, gangs, violence, whatever, I want to be able to coach them for free. Um, that's a long way down the line. But, mate, I'm a geek in this whole fucking scene. Um, and then bridging that gap with, like, mental and physical health, just hearing other people's stories, man. That's why I am That's why I sent you a, a message. Right on. Okay, I guess. Uh, so, I don't know how much you know. I know you said you got connected. So, I own a club here out of Texas uh, in the U.S., um, we actually started in the middle of COVID. Um, so I was part of another club. I was a 50% owner of another gym and it just wasn't really a good environment for a lot of people. You know, it takes one person to really kind of trash and create a very toxic environment, but I was, I was safe. I was comfortable. Uh, I'd never thought I could branch out and do my own thing and be successful. Prior to that, I was a paramedic, so I'd never done something on my own like just, you know, like not have anybody to rely on. I grew up really without a support system, without a family. And so for me, being a coach was being able to be that for other people. But there's a comfort of having a business partner, right? And like having someone to bounce things off. And when shit hits the fan, you're just like, hey, like, what the fuck are we going to do? But when it's just you, it's, it's a totally different world. So it was hard. But uh, COVID really made me think about shit. It really made me think like, you know, I was about to be 30 years old and I realized that I wasn't completely happy with my life. And uh, so I bounced. So I left a very successful business. It was doing pretty well on paper from the outside, but inside it, it wasn't where I needed to be. Mm. And uh, so I left. So I walked away from a business with nothing, but uh, I joke around and say that I went through a divorce and I spent a lot of money and I didn't get the house or the cars or anything. And I just got a bunch of kids. Uh, so the way we split, it was like, Hey, they're going to do their thing. Brittany's going to do her thing. Y'all can go wherever you want. And a good majority of the athletes, uh, came with me. And so then I realized I was standing in the middle of my garage. Um, and I had a bunch of people depending on me real quick. Mm. And, uh, that's kind of just how it started. And then like, I never expected it to be what it is. Uh, we're one of the biggest clubs in USA weightlifting, um, I coach super, super beginners. The youngest I coach is seven. Uh, his name is Knox and he just competed at his first meet. He competed at state 
and the oldest I coach is 74. Um, dude, we got it all. And then uh, we have four, five, almost six Team USA athletes. I got one in the making that's right there. Um, now we got it all. And it's cool because like our culture and our environment is what brings people in. It's not a talent. It's not like, you know, that stuff helps, right? It makes you look really good. Uh, but it's the culture and it's the fact that a lot of these athletes were in that culture that wasn't really great. And we pulled them out of it and put them in this culture. And like, I tell everybody when they first join, I'm like, I don't do drama. I don't do bullshit. I don't do clicks. I don't fucking care how good you are. Uh, If you think you're better than everybody else, there's the door. Mm -hmm. Like we're here to be better people. Um, and it's just been crazy. (laughs) Oh man, I'm so fired up! I could fucking headbutt a baby right now, man. <laughs> like honestly, that's not what us Northerners do, but we are a bit crazy and headbutt things. Um, <laughs> now, nah, man, like honestly, like the culture and the vibe of the gym is um, is the best thing for me, right? I'm sure you're the same. You've been around the gym, fucking training and coaching for a long fucking time, right? A long yeah, ass time. I'm sure yeah, you visited fucking a lot of gyms, and yeah. there's some gyms that you walk into. You're just like, nah, I don't need a beer. Yep. Right. And then there's some gyms that you walk into, you're like, I don't know what this is. And I've never even met these people before. And I don't even know their name, but I consider them family. And that that comes from the vibe. And that's really what a lot of people say. I had a guy drop in from Ohio and he like reached out. He was like, Hey, I'm in town for a week. Can I just come train with y'all? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like whatever. And he was like, okay, do I need to do anything? And I'm like, nah, man, like you're cool. Like just show up and train. And so he walked in and it was busy. So like we have team training, there's like 30 people on the platforms normally. And that's for a lot of people, that's a lot in a weightlifting gym. Mm. And uh, I was like, all right, well, like, what are you doing today? He's like, ah, you know, like I'll figure it out. And I was like, well, do you want me to write something for you? He was like, no, I don't want to bother you. And I'm like, I mean, you're not bothering me. I'm offering like, it's, it's not a big deal. So I like wrote a workout for him and he was here like two or three days. And like the third day he pulled me aside and he was like, I'm sure you already know this, but like, you really got something here. And I like, was like, yeah, that's what I hear, you know? And so for me, man, the world's a hard place, dude. Like it's rough out there. And we all think we're special, right? We all think that we're the only ones who have it rough. And like, I think we all seem to forget that like, like how many people wrap their head around the fact that every single human on this earth has probably had their heart broken at least one time. Like we don't. We just think about ourselves. And so for me, creating an environment and like a structure for people that can have the worst, like I tell people, I'm like, look, if you have the worst day of your life and you come here and you're not in a better place when you leave, I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I did something wrong with creating a culture that isn't conducive to making you better just by being here. And that goes way beyond weightlifting. That goes way beyond picking something up and putting it down because those are life skills and memories that you remember outside of a gym. Yeah, man, the gym is just the catalyst we use to better ourselves outside of the gym, right? It's, it's just that just, it's just that initial thing that slaps us in the face and be like, hey, concentrate on me right now. Concentrate on me right now. Like this little thing, concentrate on this. And then it's through those little steps over time, you walk out so much more confidence. You walk out, yeah. you've got a little bit more respect for other people. You're a little bit more humble. Like it's it's massive. It's uh, for me, especially it's having people come in that don't have a lot of guidance or maybe don't have somebody in their corner or even like kids, man, God, kids, like they come in and they're so moldable and they're so like, 
I have two girls um, that just competed yesterday at the AO1 online and like just crushed it. Like putting up these crazy numbers, both are slotted for Pan Ams, both are slotted for Worlds this year. And I remember one of them, uh, her name's Anna. And so when she started making me, I think she was 12. Yeah, she was 12. And I was like, all right, like, what's our goals? Like, what do we want? And she was like, well, I want to make Team USA. I want a Team USA singlet. And I was like, okay, like, not that I didn't even, but then I didn't even know what it took to get there. Like, I never had a Team USA athlete. I'm like, all right, well, let's just work our ass off and see what happens. Hmm. And uh, the day that I found out, she like, we did it, right? Like, she made Worlds and Pan Ams. Like, I cried. Like, I think those two girls have made, I had posted about these yesterday. Those two girls have made me cry more than anybody in my entire life. And not like bad, but like, it's so overwhelming emotionally when, when you can be the catalyst and help someone in reaching something that they probably didn't even know they could do. Yeah, man. Like, it's nuts. Like you, you, it's coaching is so complex because yeah okay you need the foundation knowledge right and then you probably need a little bit of experience too because you need to know what that feels like then you also need to be able to understand everything that this human being in front of you is thinking feeling and 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 working through and towards right and like that connection that relationship you've got to have with that athlete you need to be able to replicate that 100 times 30 times however many times with people in your gym right like that's it's a complex thing. It's hard. There's a there's a lot of individual jobs in underneath the umbrella of, of this thing that we call a coach. You have to be, I tell so I have uh two full-time coaches under me and a couple part-time coaches. And I tell them, I'm like, look, like you have to be a different person for every person. Yeah. Like you have to be a chameleon. Like when I'm in the back room and I tell people this, like I'm very type A and I'm very like. I'm not going to do something for you kind of do it yourself. But like when someone's competing, if they're like, Hey, will you tie my left shoe? I'd be like, bro, for sure. Like I got you mm-hmm. like those two hours, you be whoever they need you to be. And sometimes it means getting them water. Sometimes it means being their hype or just like telling them like, Hey, like we're good. Like just focus on you. And sometimes it's telling them to pull their head out of their ass. Like, but as a coach, you can make or break their performance by being that catalyst and that missing piece to what they need. Like, even like, man, I've had athletes that miss their first two snatches because they're so nervous and I'll be standing right there and I'm freaking out. Mm. Like I'm nervous, I'm anxious and I will make them tell me, I'll look them in the face and I'm like, tell me you can do this. And then they're like, I can do it. And I'm like, you're fucking right. You can now go do it. And like, sometimes just saying it and putting it out there is the difference between bombing out and like saving yourself from making that third one. Mm. It's, uh, it's big. Like just being able, like I said, just be who they need you to be. Like you can't, if you're a coach and you're structured and you are just, this is how I coach, this is the way I am. And that's it. You're not going to be successful, at least not in the grand scheme, maybe with a couple people, but you have to be able to like take a step back and realize it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about them, man. And you know, if you want to create an inclusive environment, then you have to be adaptable. You have to be able to mold to the individual that comes in. Right. And then that put like, you might come in, right. And you're having an absolute great day. You need something from me. You come in the next day and you're having a shit day. You need something different from me. Yep. Right. And I, I mean, the same thing. I could come in and I'm having a great day, right? I need to give out something. 
I come in yep. the next day and I'm having a fucking awful day. I'm like, great. I need to strip this down. I need to go basics because yeah. I need, still need to be able to give these things out. Like it's a two way thing. Like it's, you know, um, teach the, teach the, teach the movement coach, the individual. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes like people don't even necessarily need a coach. Sometimes people just need a human. Like sometimes you just need somebody to be like, Hey, like I got you, like whatever it is. Like if you need a human, I got you. Like you need someone just to hear you out. Like, don't ask me to help fucking tutor you in like math or shit like that. But like, if you just need a person, like I can do that too. Um, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a large part of our success is the fact that, uh, it's more than weightlifting. Like it's more than just, you know, it's more than medals. It's more than, than winning stuff. And I think if you focus on the right things, the other things come along with it. Like, so we just moved into a new gym and, uh, I was hanging all of our, our medals and like putting up our like trophies and stuff from state. And like, it, it was like a joke. Like I ran out of shelf space. Um, and it, that's never been my focus because at the end of the day, like you walk into a gym and like, sure, it's impressive when you see a bunch of trophies and stuff, but that's not why you join. Like you see people and having actually, I do consulting occasionally, like not like officially, like I'll have other coaches reach out and they'll just be like, Hey, like, can you help me do at least part of what you're doing? Or like, can you just talk to me? I'm like, dude, for sure. And they're usually like, it's okay if you don't want to. And I'm like, nah, like I'm, I'm here. Like, what's up? And I had a coach ask me like, well, when people first join, how do you sell? Like, how do you get them to join? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, how do you get them to join? I'm like, I tell them to go train and they train with the team and then they join. And they were like confused. And I'm like, look, let me explain it this way. If you go to a car dealership and you want to buy a Toyota, right? And you're sitting there waiting and the sales guy is like busy and you're waiting for him to come over. And somebody sits down next to you and they're like, hey man, what's up? Like, why are you here? You're like, oh, like I want to buy that truck. And they're like, yo, I own that truck and it's sick. Like, I love it. I love driving it. I love being in it. You're way more likely to buy that truck than a sales guy who you know is going to sell you. Like, of course they expect me to sell them on the gym. But when the athletes sell them on the gym, it's a game changer. And so mm-hmm. it's turned into this thing to where like, I don't have to sell it. It sells itself. And so I just have to maintain the culture. And if I maintain the culture, then word of mouth and the athletes, they keep it going by themselves. Like, I don't have to. Like, new people join and I'm just like, yeah, hop in. And they're like, well, how much is it? And like, no, just go. Go train. Go train and then we'll talk when you're done. And normally halfway through their training session, they come up and they're like, hey, how do I join? I'm like, we'll talk about it later. Like, it's just, and then sometimes, but it's a really good way to like vet people because if people don't like that and they don't like busy gyms and they don't like people that want to talk to them about their lives, we're not the gym for you. Like if you have a whole lot of social anxiety and you hate other humans, it's not us. Um, Like when we host meets, I don't have problems getting volunteers. I don't like, man, when we move the gym, So we moved the gym into a bigger space about a month and a half ago. And I was actually in another city helping a club run a meet. Um, So I wasn't even here. And I got a video of our athletes moving. And there was like 10 of them in a line on the platforms, rolling plates, like to each other, like an assembly line. And then someone was like, well, do you pay? The owner of the actual gym was like, are you paying them to help you? And I was like, no. He was like, so they're just doing it because they want to. And I was like, yeah, because I fucking love this place. 
And like, that's just, I don't know. There's nothing, there's not a price tag. There's like, you can't buy that. Yeah. You can't, you can't convince someone to love something like that. Like, that's just something that happens. You can't put a price on community, man. And that, that no. connection that you get between that. It's like you can't put a price on love. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's the same thing. It's just um, platonic. Right. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a fucking family. It's an extended family that would, that would drop things for everybody else that then also gain so much from the infrastructure um, that you've created, whether that is the physical gym or whether that is the feeling of the community, they gain so much from that, that if they spend two hours, three hours, four hours, half a day a day moving a gym, they're like, nah, this is uncomparable. Right? Of course you're going to do it. Yeah, how many of us, I mean, how many people on this earth get to play a part of something bigger than themselves? These days? Not very, yeah, not very many. Not, not very many, exactly. And I think that's part of what it is, too. It's like, this is going to be bigger than you. This is going to be something like if you go to a bar, right, and you're talking to like a normal person and they're like, yeah, you know, I work in an office eight to five and then I go home and I've been watching this show on Netflix and you're like, okay, cool. But like, what else do you do? And they're like, man I drink on the weekends with my friends and you're like cool yeah like what else and they're like I don't know what do you do and you're like well like I'm actually a weightlifter and then it's this whole thing about like well what's weightlifting well what's that well what's this and then it's just I don't know like being a part of something gives you something about you that makes you more than just another person going on autopilot through your life like wake up go to work go home kill four hours before you go to sleep and do it all over again like, man, I don't want to wake up when I'm 60 years old and realize that's all my life was. Yeah, and I feel like everybody numbs themselves, right? They need that alcohol. They need that whatever, that vice to basically hone in and they live between these two very fine lines rather than experiencing life and doing all this that they're fucking passionate about and, you know, throwing their hand to something different. And it's all numb yourself, sit in an office chair, right? Be told what to do say yes sir no back no sir three bags full sir and just go forward you're like well i mean we seem very similar like i get fired a lot dude like because (laughs) (laughs) i can't i can't do it man like i i don't if someone if you came in right and you wore a badge on your shirt that said i don't know i'm the boss or whatever i wouldn't respect it Mm -hmm. right and if someone's like okay do this because this is the way that we do it and this is the only way that we do it and my way or the highway i'm like go fuck yourself man like i'm sorry but <laughs> i can't <laughs> yeah you usually I probably don't go about it in the right way but i again i am northern so i'm like no get get fucked i'm not doing that like we can have an adult conversation right or you can fuck off like or i will shake your hand and say appreciate for your time and i'm gonna go leave like but not a lot of people like that man like and i know why i'm like it but why are you so passionate and driven and why why do you do these things man oh i don't know it's funny you say that because i actually i mean like looking back i think now that i i am my own boss i'm probably very similar in the fact that i just like i don't know so when i grew up like my parents were really never around like my mom had me super young dad wasn't around and my mom told me like when i was like six years old she would be like where, where's Brittany at? Right. And she would find a group of kids and see who was at the front. And that was me. Like, I've been a leader before I even knew what that meant. Like, it's just, you know, like I'm very, like, 
it's interesting to me like hierarchy amongst like alphas and betas and whatever and how we just kind of naturally fall in a natural pecking order more often than not Mm. and so growing up like I was always you know team captain of sports like I wasn't always the best athlete I was always good but I was always a leader and so I I never really had a support system like I never had structure like it's incredible that I turned out a decent human for the fact that I never had anyone teach me like hey you shouldn't do this like I just naturally kind of knew like hey don't be a shitbag get good grades and like whatever so I graduated high school and I actually went to EMT school straight out of high school and I worked as a paramedic for nine years uh, the last four years I started coaching but as much as it kind of messed me up a little because I saw some pretty terrible things it taught me a lot about life like I worked in rural EMS, so I worked out like in the country. So sometimes you'd be in the back of an ambulance for an hour with someone, right? You were in the back of a box enclosed with no one but you and another human that you don't know. And it's usually the worst day of their life. Mm. You get really good communication skills. Um, you also learn that like you can make so much more of a difference in your world if you just give a fuck about other people and like actually care. Like, not like I care about you because I want something out of you, but like I care about you because I'm going to get more out of this world and feel better about myself if I do whatever I can to make your life better. So I think it all started with me being a paramedic and realizing like, how much more was out there and how much people go through and how little people have in this world. Like how many people are just here to like abide time till they die. Like you said, how many people have these vices where they have to drink or whatever? Like it's a joke that like, I don't drink. So when we go out to dinner, sometimes with a team, like we went to a Mexican place and I had a quarter of a margarita and I was drunk and I was like pissed off about it because they were like, be like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm drunk and I'm kind of annoyed about it because I'm such a lightweight. But I think so many people use drugs, alcohol, man, so many things to escape their life. So actually, before I got into coaching, I rode motocross. Um, so like dirt bike outside jumps and stuff, right? And I used adrenaline as a drug to deal with what I was going through in my life. Yeah, 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 totally. And then I realized one day I was going to die if I didn't stop. I actually almost died, broke my, like I got super, super hurt uh, one day. I was in the hospital. It was bad. and. I don't know. I started coaching CrossFit and then I kind of realized like, Hey, like I can make a a difference in people's lives and I don't have to be a paramedic. And then I started coaching weightlifting because the thing about weightlifters is we're very different creatures. Like I joke around that we're like self-deprecating narcissists. Like we all hate ourselves, but we're also obsessed with ourselves. Like it's like this weird balance to where like this sport I don't know. Like you can like PR your lifts and you're like, someone could back into my car and I don't even care. I'd be like, Hey man, it's cool. Leave your insurance. I'm having a great lifting day. It's all right. Right. And then you can have such a bad day that someone could like get close to your bumper and you're about to beat their ass. Like this sport changes people's lives. And so I think somewhere along the line, I realized that what a lot of people were missing was that person like when you compete in weightlifting it's fucking scary Mm. like I still compete and I still get scared like I just competed at state and I remember walking out for my opener and I was like hope I fucking make this like but like having having someone who has like who has you like I say I got you a lot and I mean it and I tell people like yo like I got you 
And like, I also say, I'll ask people like, what do you need? Like, what do you need from me? Do you just need me to hear you out? Do you need me to like, I don't know, like, just tell me what you need. And if I can do it, I will do that. And I think I realized by being that for people, it sounds so cliche, right? But I realized I could change the world. Yeah. And I realized it's like lighting a small light in a dark room. And the more and brighter that light gets, the more lights it lights. That sounds like weird, but you know, like it's like the bigger impact you can have. And so if you just like literally just fucking care about other humans, care about them more than you care about yourself. Yeah, like I'm fucking tired. I'm always exhausted, but like I'll be damned if I'm not fulfilled every single day of my life. If I don't like wake up and I'm like, I get to go to the gym today. I get to coach people. Like I grew up in Illinois, which is like this tiny ass state that nobody even knows what it looks like in the middle of the US. I never expected to even like travel ever. And then my first couple of years of coaching, it brought me to like California, Chicago, Florida, like all over the place in the US. And I'm like, man, this is cool, right? Never expected it to be bigger than that. And then one day I got a phone call from one of my, one of my really good friends who's a coach in North Texas, his name's Bobby Circus. And he was like, Hey, just so you know, Mario, which is one of my athletes should have made the world team, the youth world team. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was never even on like the mental scale of having people make international teams. It was never the goal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh shit, like you're right. And then it just like, Mario made youth worlds and then he made Pan Ams and then we got invited to junior worlds and then he made the next Pan Ams. And then all of a sudden I was like casually having a conversation with someone like two weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, like in, in March I'm going to Cuba and then in April I'm going to Puerto Rico and then in May I'm going to Greece and then in June I'm going to Mexico. And they were like, what the fuck? But it's just become like a normal thing. And then I'm like, it's fucking crazy that I get to do what I love and travel and it's not just about traveling but it's about like I took a 16 year old to Saudi Arabia last October who like like a 16 year old girl who I started coaching I started coaching Brie when she was 12 I think 12 or 13 and now she's like turning into this woman who's wearing a team USA singlet and like after her first snatch in Saudi Arabia she was like walking towards me in that singlet and I just started crying it's so overwhelming to be able to just be a part of this huge thing for so many people. Mm. And then it's just, it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't think there's an amount of money that would make me want to do anything else. Like someone could walk in the door right now and be like, Hey, I want to buy this entire business from you for like $20 billion. And I'd be like, nah, man, thanks. Like, I don't want to be anywhere else. I don't want to make more money. Like I, I just, I don't want to be anywhere else. And that's such like an incredible feeling to feel because like you said, like you can't buy that. You can't like convince someone of that. Like, I don't know. It's very, it's very cool. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, th- I think that's innate. You know, I think uh, the best coaches have something innate that you can't really uh, explain. Right. It's like if you weren't doing this, you would be either fully or part insane. Right. Yeah. But it'd just be like, no, no, no. I, I have to be helping people. I have to be in this environment, giving them exactly what they need at all times, even if it's a detriment to myself. 
Yeah, no, I, it's like, so we took 60 people to AO2 last year or yeah. And there was like 600 people. If I remember right, our team was about 10% of the entire people that were doing this national meet. It was insane. I coached every single session for four days straight. And I have such an amazing team because they'd be like, hey, be like, here's some water. Like, here's like, you need to eat. Like, you need to do this. And I'm like, no, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just like, let me coach. And they're like, you have to eat. Like, you have to do something. Yesterday during the girls uh, online meet, one of my coaches was like, hey, do you want something from Panera? And I literally was like, I like brushed her off. Like, don't talk to me. I'm busy. Like, don't ask me about food right now. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, even yeah. thinking about that. Um, I don't know. Like, everyone's always like, oh, you need to take care of yourself. And I'm like, man, like, I'm, I'm more fulfilled than anybody that I even know. Like, yeah, like sleep, water, food, all that shit's important, obviously, right? And like, I'm, I'm working on it um, as I'm drinking an energy drink. But <laughs> You and me both. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's crazy. And and so I think for me being able to feel that I want to help as many people as possible feel that same way. Um the thing is, yeah. man, like a lot of I have this conversation on the regular, right? And I see a lot of um parallels between you and I in the sense of that innate fire that can't really be distinguished, right? Or extinguished. Um and I have a lot of conversations and they're like, what, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is insane. This is not okay. You know, if you, if you divide all the hours by the money that you make, you're probably making less than minimum wage. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Right? And you're like, yeah. And what's your point? Yeah. Like get to it. Come on. I've, I've got to be somewhere in like five minutes time. Right. And you're exactly. like, no, no man. Like this is, and you've got to train on top of that because if you turn into just this fat motherfucker who can't move, <laughs> right? No one's going to respect you, right? So it's like, oh yeah, training is technically in there too, which I don't get paid for. You know, I'm not a professional athlete, but that's part of the job. They're like, what the hell are you doing, man? I was like, honestly, if I fucking did anything else, right? I would go insane. Like I would be absolutely fucked mentally and it would be a ticking time bomb them. And I think, um, I think that's what a lot of people have reached to right over the past fucking 50 summit years we now have the worst mental health crisis in the, on in the history of the planet so we know right yeah. dudes, dudes are the fucking worst for it you know under highest uh killer of under 45 in males is fucking suicide right i was like yeah it's good. what are you doing man you know it's like everybody i grew up with back home like what the fuck do you do i right, go to work usually i'm in a rush because i sleep in is that right and then what do you do oh, i sit down i do what people tell me to do i come home I have a beer because it was shit. And then I have another beer. I eat a curry and I go to sleep. And I was like, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. And then I go to the pub and watch the fucking football. Like, in fact, the UK is a, a brilliant example. It's like football. If if the UK didn't have football, half the population would be dead. Like, mm. it's a, like we look forward to a Saturday or Sunday or a Friday night. And like when the football season is over, like it's a horrific place to be in. Everyone is just fucking depressed man. because there's nothing, a uh, nothing to yeah. like, keep you going. Right. But people yeah. like you and I is like, the thing that keeps us going is like every second of the day. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. we're doing what we want to do rather than relying on this vice of a spot, alcohol, drugs, whatever people do. Right. It's like, just find something that sets you alight, man. 
pull the pin out of that grenade and let it go off in your hand. Like, just fucking enjoy this shit that we call life. And one day someone's going to put dirt on you. That's it. You know, you're, you're yeah. not going to achieve death. Like, just fucking enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. So my, uh, my dad, um, like my dad, a lot of mental health issues. My mom um, actually was the medic that showed up on one of my mom's suicide attempts. Um, yeah, like it's just, I think mental health ran super like depression, like crazy in my family. And sometimes I sit there and I think like, don't get me wrong. Like when when I was part of the other gym, um, I had a lot of like anxiety and like depression, but so much is like environment. Right. So you wonder how much is nurture versus nature, right? Am I depressed and am I sad because I'm not in control of my life or am I sad and depressed because of the chemicals in my brain? And so because it ran so deep in my family, I'm like, well, like it's probably, you know, it's probably the chemicals in my brain. And then I'm like, why, why do I not feel like how my parents did when they were my age? And I think so much is because I have so much control over my life. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I've somehow cheated mental health um, of sorts, mental health issues by being in charge of my life. Like I still struggle, like I still have anxiety, like I still have issues, but I think also helping other people cope with their issues in a roundabout way helps you deal with your own. I think the other thing too, is like, no matter how bad of a day I have, I have people depending on me to be here for them. Like, I, so for an example, a couple of days ago, we found out youth Pan Ams got canceled. And for a couple of days, it was in limbo if it was going to get rescheduled or whatever. But like, I wasn't in a great mental place. And it was really hard for me because like I worked really hard to get these kids to this. And then like, it just, it always feels like right out of grasp, right. To where you're like, you work your fucking ass off to get somewhere. And then like, it slips out of your hands. And like, I still just show up to the gym. Like, I didn't want to like mentally, I didn't want to get out of bed. Like I don't want to work. And the thing about, I own bear uh, by myself, hundred percent. I have coaches under me. Um, I'm still learning how to be a boss. I'm still learning how to be a mentor. Um, I don't like, you know, there's no, there's no handbook on being a boss. Like you just kind of do your best and you fuck up and then you apologize. And like, I didn't want to come to the gym the day after I found out, but like, I got people that depend on me to be here and people that depend on me to reply to their text messages and answer their phone calls and like write their programs and watch their videos. And I think maybe it's kind of like being a parent, right? Like you have a shitty day, but like you can't come home and take it out on your kids. Like, that's not fair to them. And like, I'll tell my coaches that too. Like, if they have a bad day, I'm like, hey, you have two options. You either get your shit together or you go home. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to, you don't get to have your bad day affect anyone in this room. It's not allowed. So if you feel like you can't control your mental health or your issues or whatever enough, then you need to go home. Like, I love you and I'm here for you, but you can't do that to other people. Like, you don't get to not as a coach, not as a leader, not as someone that people are supposed to look up to. Like you're supposed to be like solid and like a rock for them. Like you can be vulnerable, you can be whatever, but like you don't get to negatively affect people. Not as a leader, you just don't. It's so funny. Like you say word for word shit I've said in the past, right? Like <laughs> I I just finished up a role where I was, I was like the head coach of a gym and I was I had three pretty pretty much brand new coaches on, underneath me, right? Um, and I was like, team, we're a fucking team. Let's just like, let's just do this shit, right? And mo- most of my role turned into like just coaching coaches, which was yeah, really, really cool. Like something different, really cool. I love it. 
Um, and I say the same thing. And I'm like, look, man, like, if you are unable to drop everything and give 100%, then fuck off because I'll take yep. all the classes in a day. I was like, yep. and, and that's not me being an asshole. That's just like me saying the way it is. I'm like, listen, I've done every class for every day for somebody else before. I know I have the fucking balls between my legs to do it again. If you're unable to give what they need, fuck off. Okay, do what you need to do. Sort yourself out. Come back in. Send me a message. Yeah. Alex, I'm good. Nope. I'll come back in 2 p.m. Tuesday. I'm like, cool. 2 p.m. Tuesday, no problem. We'll debrief if you need to. All right, we'll give each other a fucking hug and a high five and then get out on the floor again. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's the same way. Like, I just, I think sometimes people like you and myself just have a larger, I call it like, I read a lot, right? And so I yeah. just read a book. It's by a guy called Ryan Munsey. It's called Fuck Your Feelings. And first of all, I didn't want to read it because the title was way too, like, catchy for me. I'm like, this is dumb. This is like a ground, like an eye thing. You know what I mean? Like, you see it and you're like, well, I need to read this. But one of my athletes was like, no, like, you should read this book. And he talks a lot about emotional resiliency. And I've realized that over the years, I've developed a very high emotional resiliency. Um, and I sometimes have to remind myself that coaches in my life or under me don't have that same level of emotional resiliency. And so like, I can just like, man, I can coach four days straight and then like go out to dinner. And like one of my other coaches, we had coached, uh, it was state. We coached three days straight, literally uh, the first day was a 14 hour day and then two 16 hour days, just nonstop. Right. And you, it's just like recycling, right? Like you do one and you don't get to be tired. Like you don't get to be exhausted. Like you don't get to give everything to four people. And the last two get half of you. Yeah, yeah. You have to find a way to be hundred percent for every single session. And that's hard. And then we were finishing up and I'm like, Hey, like, let's go grab dinner with the team. And they were like, I don't know if I can be around people. And I'm like, cool. You stay here. I'm going to go get dinner. And they're like, how in the fuck can you do that? And I'm like, because they expect me to be there and I got to figure it out because I have people depending on me as a leader to be present. And so I just got to find a way to do it. It's part of your role, man. You know, going to those kind of um, events is part of your role. It's part of your job. Mm -hmm. You know, nurturing the community is part of your fucking job. Aiding it, like feeding that community is again, part of your job. I just think there's some things that, some people just don't have don't they don't get it though like some people don't understand and that's okay because like at the end of the day there only has to be one leader like actual leader like head honcho type a like there only has to be one everybody else just kind of has to understand um and I think that was a hard thing for me to realize too is like the bigger bear became the more I was like all right well like I can be able to have people do more and then there's some stuff I just realized it had to be me like man it's been you know almost two years and when a new athlete comes through the door I'm the one who talks to them no matter how busy I am because I know I can represent this my baby my thing better than anybody else I can also just tell someone to their face like I have no problem being like hey like I don't do drama like coaches aren't sleeping around like Mm -hmm. I don't do bullshit like and if you have a problem with that this isn't the facility for you Mm -hmm. and there aren't many owners that can just straight up tell someone to their face like if you don't fit in this box it's a very big box it's a very caring box then I don't want your money like man I had someone who was kind of like causing issues and I'm like hey like thanks for everything I appreciate you being a part of the team but you know no longer do I feel like this is a good fit and they were like what what are you saying and I'm like, I'm saying that you should go find another gym. And they're like, like mind blown. And I'm like, I'm saying that no longer am I going to give you services and you're not going to give me money. Like, that's what I'm saying here. 
because no longer do I feel like this is a good relationship for anybody. Um, and I think too many coaches and too many gym owners are afraid to say that to people. Too many, too many people are afraid to not take someone's money. And like, I never, <clears throat> I never really cared about making money. Like if I was making enough to pay my bills, like everybody says that, right. But like, I don't make any more money. So we have 230 athletes, like dumb, right. Um, just this huge club. And when we started, we had 62 and my payroll is the exact same amount. And we've almost quadrupled in size because guess what? If I paid myself more money, I don't know what the fuck I'd do with it. Save it. I guess like, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I wear the same Vans virus pants and bare barbell t-shirts every day of my life. Like we joke around. I'm like, I could totally be a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. Like put me in a black t-shirt, some black joggers and black Vans and like, make me a cartoon man like i don't know like more money wouldn't do anything for me dude i uh i had the <laughs> there's an ongoing joke the, the last gym i coached at for the longest was in the south of england and it was three years right and mm-hmm. there's an ongoing joke because i always used to come up and there'd be like kind of holes in my pants yeah right? not in all the right places just like you know over the knees or just yeah. a little bit of a rip right it's like yeah it's, it's barbell it's what's gonna happen it's like alex yeah. do you not like buying a new shit i was like dude i couldn't give a fuck like i'm here to care about you guys yeah and literally like the past i want to say 11 pairs of shoes that i've owned have all been like hand-me-downs from members from people just been like dude you need some new shoes you know because it's just it's the back of my mind like odd socks like what are you doing i was like i didn't even look like i'm constantly 100 percent. okay how am i going to coach this class how am I going to take this? If I say these words, how is it going to go down for these people? How is it going to go down for that person? If someone comes into the gym from a completely different place, there might be a language barrier. How am I going to be able to non-verbally communicate? Where am I going to stand? You know, like mm-hmm. I fucking, I used to get in the gym at like five, quarter past five for a 6 a.m. class. Because I would be like, I need to, because I'm a fucking anxious piece of shit, Right as a, as like natural, this is nature DNA, right? I'm like super low frequency, super nervous, super introverted. Right. And I'm like, that doesn't go well when you're at the front (laughs) coaching. Right. So I'm like, cool. I know what that is. All right. I've got two, seven off suit and playing a hanger poker. I got to get real good at skilling, uh, skilled. Now I'm going to have to get real good at uh, calling people's bluff. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'd literally coach the fucking class with a little bit quicker. So it didn't take an hour coach the class to an empty gym. Like I'm at the front, I'm saying it, I'm demoing it. Honestly, if there was like a fly on the wall or a camera, like they would have just thought I was absolutely nuts. <laughs> like what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, what is he? Is he coaching to his all these imaginary friends or something? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. After like the 15th cup of coffee, like five o'clock in the morning, you're like, dude, what are you doing? man? Yeah. 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 You like, should probably stop, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's like these things, you got to do it, man. You just got to yeah, give a yeah, fuck I about mean, people. And like, I would say there's a couple of my athletes. Um, most of my really higher level athletes, I kind of like developed, like started them. Like, man, all my, all my athletes that are on Team USA, I've had since they were babies. Like I've had before anybody ever saw anything in them. Um, and that's what's amazing for me is like, 
man, I remember the first time I coached Mario at a meet and like he was snatching 70 kilos, like a crossfitter that didn't know what he was doing. And now the kid like just won a silver medal or like swept silver at Pan Am. And he only got beat by some Colombian who was like, you know, a whole nother level. But I have an athlete who started with me last April. We're coming up on a year. And all of my very talented athletes I got as weird as it sounds by like being a good person. So he, I made a post how the meet was sold out. And this guy, his name's Lane Palm, um, commented on, hey, is there any way I can get in, right? And like most coaches would be like, what the fuck? I said it was sold out, whatever. I actually went to go comment back and he had deleted his comment. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. But I remembered his username. So I DM'd him. And I was like, hey, Lane, this is Brittany. Um, are you still wanting to get in on the meet? <clears throat> Didn't even know who this guy was. Nothing, right? <clears throat> he was like, actually, yes, if you don't mind. I'm like, cool, man, I got you. Venmo me 65 bucks or whatever. I'll get you in. He was like, okay, cool. And I'm like, by the way, send me your info whenever you get a chance. Sends me his info. Entry total was pretty high. Didn't really think about it, right? Um, a couple days before the meet, I noticed he didn't have a coach on there. Like he had a club, but no coach. And I was like, hey, the last session, I don't really have very many athletes. Do you want me to run your cards? And he was like, well, actually my girlfriend or my fiance was going to do it, but she doesn't really know what she's doing. So if you can, that would be awesome. It was like his third meet ever right I was like sure so I don't know if you know about this but at a weightlifting meet if you don't show up for announcements you technically can't compete like if you're not there for announcements it's like a rule that nobody really knows but everyone's also always there for announcements I don't even know what this guy really looks like all of a sudden I look out see the super tall blonde blue-eyed white kid looking like he was from where I was from strolling up like laughing while they're about to do announcements and I'm like I bet this is this guy so I was like, Lane. And he was like, oh, hey. And I'm like, go, get the fuck out there. And he was like, okay. And he's like giggling, right? And goes out, does announcements. We're in the back. And I'm like, all right, what are we opening at? And he was like, he's an 89 kilo lifter. And he was like 120, uh, 120, 145. I think what I'm like, all right, like you're pretty good, right? So start warming up. And uh, you can tell CrossFit, like just hips shot straight up, bars on the shins. And I was like, okay, I need to help him, but I also need to not fuck him up. So I'm like, hey, get the bar off your shins a little and lead with your chest. I was like, don't do anything else. I'm not going to like change a bunch of stuff, but like this little thing will help you. Did one snatch, looked at me and he was like, oh, that felt really good. I'm like, okay, cool. Just keep doing that. Uh, I think if I remember right, he snatched, we ended up snatching, I think 137 and he clean and jerk. Yeah. Did he open 20? No, no, no. I think we opened at 25 okay. or maybe high twenties. We took like normal jumps, but I think I bumped up his opener. Cause I'm like, Hey, like you look good. And then I think we clean and jerk, we clean and jerk 154. I remember that. And we're sitting in the back afterwards and I'm like, look, man, like you're pretty good. Like who's your coach? And he was like, well, it's this guy back where I'm from. He actually coaches kids. Um, he just kind of writes me programming and this and this. And I'm like, all right, well, like, I want you to realize that you're actually pretty good. And like, you could be really good. And he kind of was like, well, cause he lives like 45 minutes away. <clears throat> he was like, do you coach remotely? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you know, you could come down once a week, but like, you need to talk to your coach. So talks to his coach and his coach is super supportive. His coach is like, Hey, like if you found someone in person, that's a higher level than I am and whatever, like, I think it's a great idea. And then I called his coach, his coach and I talked on the phone. Um, and then we like made an agreement cause it was like, uh, two months away from senior nationals that I would program for lane leading up to senior nationals, but he wouldn't transfer clubs 
because I wanted Lane and I agreed that his coach should get the credit for his performance at nationals. Mm -hmm. Like I only had him for two months. This dude had him for like over a year. So long story short, I ended up like a month in telling him like, Hey, like you realize you could make, like, what do you want to do with this sport? And he's like, Oh, like, you know, I don't know, compete at nationals, this and this. And I'm like, okay, well, like, I'm never going to lie to you. So when I tell you this, I want you to understand there's a lot of weight behind the statement. You could make team USA. Like you're good. And he was like, what? Like, are you serious? And so I like pulled numbers, showed him what the best 89s in the country are doing. And he was like, Oh, like, wow. Like you're right. Right. And so that's just what we started working towards. And, uh, I'm going to Cuba with him in three weeks. So he, he made like an international team and we're competing at a meet in Cuba. And so he started high thirties, um, like consistently, he would probably snatch about 33, 34, like, you know, good day stars aligned, gravity's low snatch 37, 40. Um, and this past Friday he did, uh, 53, 75, like he's a fucking stud. And it's because of that connection, him and I have coach athlete. He's the kind that I'd be like, I'm going to load 160 kilos on the bar and you're going to snatch it. And he'd fucking believe me. Like he would do his fucking damnness, put it over his head. The first time he snatched 150, his max, I think was 40, uh, 45. His max was 45 and it was a local meet. And we did 42, 46, already a PR. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, sat down next to him. It's on his two minute clock. And I'm like, what do you want to do? And he's like, put whatever on the bar that you know I can do. Mm. And I said, okay. And I loaded you, 150. You don't get that very often, man. No. And I loaded 50 and he fucking snatched it. And uh, I was like, disbelief, right? Like, and so I walk in the back and I'm like, that was nuts. Like, what was going through your head? And he was like, I told myself that if you thought I could do it, then I could do it. Mm. Like he's got like a pretty good shot of making, I mean, like stars got a line. We got to have a good day at senior nationals, but like we're shooting for like 55, 85, like, and it's, it's there. Like he's just got to put it together, but like he has so much potential and the game changer, I think really is just the fact that like, there's that mutual trust and respect. It's like, man, uh, girl, man, Anna, she was the one that wanted the Team USA singlet, right? Like, I just posted a video yesterday on my Instagram. Our first meet together, she clean and jerked 68 kilos, and she hit 104 yesterday. She is 16 years old and has 64. She's like 62 kilos body weight. Clean and jerk 104. Right. Like, it's nuts. And, like, one day I made a comment joking about I gave her my wrist wraps. And I was, cause she messed up her wrist. And so I was like, here's mine. Like I'll get another pair or whatever. And I was like, I clean and jerked 86 in those. I want you to snatch 86 in them. Like kind of joking, but not really. And she was like, well, as long as you're my coach, I think I can do that. Like, God, I wish I would have had, like, I wish I had me when I was a kid. And I think that's just so much of what I have to be like, be the person that you wish you had. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do that, You'll do crazy things in this world. Like, don't be a shitbag. Care about people. And, like, when you don't want to answer the text because you're so absorbed in your own bullshit, do it anyway. Because, like, you've got someone. These people could go anywhere. Every single athlete. You know how many weightlifting teams there are? You know how many coaches there are? It is a privilege to coach this sport. It's a privilege to make money doing it. Like, 
there are so many pieces of plywood in this world and they could stand on any of them, but they choose to stand on ours. And that's incredible. And like, I, like, I remind myself of that every time I get stressed out. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Like I'm running myself into the ground. And I'm like, that's why, because these people could be anywhere and they pick to be here. And there's a reason. And it's my job to maintain that. See, you wouldn't, I know you said you wanted what you are to these athletes now when you were younger, but you wouldn't be the person now. So you wouldn't be able to pass it on. Oh yeah. No, there's no way like this. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know. Like I went through a lot of shit growing up and like, I wouldn't change anything because like who I am is because of what I went through. Yeah. And I think, um, I think to be one of those top percentage of coaches, you need that man. You need that little bit of hardship that you don't want to repeat whether verbally or, or visually or mentally, you don't want anybody else to go through that. You know, the fucking feeling in these people right so you can empathize with them a hundred percent of the way and i think i think you need it man yeah it's just it's it's a game changer and like it sucks right like obviously but it's like those people that don't have anywhere so when new people join they'll be like well what's our hours on on christmas i'm like what do you mean and they're like well like are we open like the day before the day after and i'm like it's normal hours and they're like yeah but christmas is on a team training day and i'm like yeah and like, we're going to have team training and it's just, I don't know, at this Christmas Eve, we had like 25 people at a team training. And so it's cool because like some people don't have anywhere to go, man. Like when I was a paramedic, I would pick up every single holiday shift and I'd always be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can spend time with your family. But what I really wanted to say was I don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll be damned if I don't give people, if I have the ability I will give people somewhere to go. Last year, Texas like froze over, right? Like no power, no water hasn't happened since I've lived here. And so I drive a Subaru out back. So like I can, it's all wheel drive. Like I can drive anywhere. And I drove around and picked up athletes that were like going stir crazy and wanted to train and drove them to my garage. And like, we'd all train and then I would just take them home because it's like, well, if I have the means, I'm going to do what I can for people. It'd be different if like, I couldn't drive anywhere. I couldn't go anywhere. But like, if I've got a car that I can go drive across ice and whatever and pick you up because you're going crazy and you're about to strangle your boyfriend because you spent three days in the same roof. <laughs> if I can save a boyfriend from not getting murdered, I'll do it. I'll take like 20 minutes, mate. It doesn't take three days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They'll, they'll get sick of dudes like, like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, man, I hope you know that's not that's not common. Yeah, right. I just that's what I hear, but I don't know. I just man, it's not about me. So it's no, like I don't know. Like I fucking I feel that, right? I fucking feel that hard because I say exactly the same shit you're gonna say to me to other people, right? Yeah. But I'm gonna fucking force you a compliment. You're gonna have to take it. So you know what I mean? <laughs> well, thank like, you. I just give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. Like, cause that shit's fucking cool as fuck. Like being able to create an environment like that where people feel good and looking forward to walking in you know what i mean i was like hey if all the stars align and i get hit in the face by every fucking thing in the world i have a place to go to i have a backup yeah. right like yeah that's special man that's not a lot of places do that and i've like i said i've worked in like fucking uh 18 different gyms mm-hmm. right across the fucking world not a lot of them are like that man and i've trained in fucking i don't know how many more Right. Not, not a lot of them are like that, man. You know, usually, 
you know, we get into this for this exact re- this exact reason. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But I found that the fitness industry is full of one narcissist or two daddy's money. Yeah. A lot and of daddy's like, money, that's for a sure. A lot of that fuck me sideways. <laughs> Honestly, I get, yeah, yeah, that's probably why I get fired a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah man and that's what i tell people i'm like yo like i started bare barbell with two sets of pin light plates in my garage and fifteen thousand dollars of legal debt so nice. like when people tell me, like oh you can't make money coaching i'm like i'll be fucking damned if you can't make money coaching you just gotta care more than every other fucking person and yeah. if you do like I don't know. Like it sounds okay. It's narcissistic. Right. But like, and it's a little, a little conceited, but like I told one of my coaches one time, I'm like, unless somebody else is going to do it better than I can get the fuck out of my way. Like, unless you're going to put as much into this as I do, unless you're going to care this much about your athletes then just get out of the way. Like, let me do my thing. I understand where that's coming from. Right. A lot of people will label that as narcissism. Right. I understand where that's coming from. It's not. It's passion. It's full blown, like insane. It's insane. Yeah. 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 People like you and I are fucking crazy. Right. (laughs) Well, that's, that's fine. Fuck it. We're going to do what we're going to do. And like, honestly, because I say the same thing of like, if you're in the fitness industry, right, to make money out of people, to like fuck them over, to do whatever, to make sure, to put you in a better light than anybody else, get the, I, I usually say, get the fuck out of my industry. Yeah. Right? And I've, and I've publicly said it before and it got me on a lot of shit, but I don't give a fuck. You know, it's just like, get the fuck out of this industry. Like people walk in the door, right. Whether it's online or physically walk through your fucking door of the gym and entrusting you with their mm-hmm. physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. Two things that they're, they're never going to get another set of. Nope. Right. Every single time they come in. Here's my physical health. Here's my mental health. You tell me to do something, I trust you. And they're fucking time. Like, you can't get that shit back. Like, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know if you know who Sean Waxman is. He's a coach here in the U.S. And uh, there's, like, a YouTube clip where he talks about someone asked, like, is it scary being a coach? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, like, is it scary? And he's like, well, here's the thing, right? If I have a 15-year-old walking to my gym, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I act like I do, right? And I like kind of do a half-assed job and I do my best and I kind of do whatever. And then all of a sudden they're 30 years old and I know what I'm doing. I can't give them those 15 years back. Like I can't go back in time. And if there's anything I've learned, it's every single day that we're able to lift, every single day that we're able to put our shoes on and step onto a platform, it's, it's, it's a privilege, it's a blessing. And if a, as a coach, if you don't recognize that, then you shouldn't be a fucking coach. Like people pay money to give you time. That's insane. Conceptually, it's nuts. And so if you don't see that as like something worth giving everything you have into, do something else. And like you said, like, yeah, it's a little narcissistic. It's a little whatever. But like, if you're not going to give as much as I give, then don't act like we're on the same level. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've handed like... Like I was in an apartment that used to leak every time it rained, right? And yeah. I didn't, every time I paid rent on the Monday, I didn't know how I was going to pay next Monday's rent, right? I was like, I was fucked. I was coaching out my garage. It was, it was a fucked up time, right? I remember I had this one lady who just didn't give a shit, right? Totally didn't give a shit. 
was fucking crossing all type of moral boundaries. And I literally, I was getting paid cash. I literally got the cash back out and put it back in her hand and was like, please do us both a favor and fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad I've never had to, I've never had to do that to a, to a client, but like, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, man, I've, I had, I'll have a coach call me and be like, I had a coach call me and be like, how do you afford? So like last year I went to Columbia, Mexico, Saudi Arabia, and I have an amazing support of team that when we do fundraiser shirts, they buy shirts. When we, you know, do donations, they give donations. But a lot of the time there's still money that I have to pull out of my own pocket in order to pay for these trips. So this coach was like, how do you afford these trips? And I was like, man, I don't have a better answer for you than like my income supports it. So really, I think what you're asking is how do I make more money? And he was like, okay, yeah. And so I like, it was explaining passive revenue source that like, yo, apparel, do seminars, like find ways to make money to which you're giving something back, like make shirts, like do stuff. Right. And he's like, well, I don't really want to do that. And I don't really want to do this. And I was like, we'll coach more remotely. He's like, well, I don't want to sit in front of a computer. I'm like, okay. So to me, it sounds like you don't actually want what you think you want. Because like I work 24 seven, like my whole life is this weightlifting club and I wouldn't have it any other way. But like, don't call me asking you how to make more money when you don't want to do what it takes to make more money. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, I get the same shit. I must be really cool doing X, Y, Z. I'm like, dude, do you see fucking all the work that goes behind it? You know what I mean? No, definitely not. Exactly. And it's like, do you want to do the work? No, no, no. It's like, don't say you fucking want the result because you don't. Yeah, when people tell me, like, I'll have, I've had people that are like, uh, man, one day I want to own a gym. And I want to be like, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't actually want to own a gym. You just want to hang out at the gym all day and not have a job. There's a difference, I promise. Because, like, my training takes a backseat way more often than I want it to. And that's yeah. a decision I make. That's completely a decision I make. Um, based off of my own personal priorities at no point is it anyone else's fault but my own because I make a decision on what I spend my time on mm-hmm. but like just because you own a gym doesn't mean you get to sit here and do fucking curls all day like it's just not how it works like you own a gym and you end up walking up and like cleaning up a mess or talking to someone for an hour because they had a bad night like it's not it's not all just fucking chilling and hanging out with your homies like it's different. Like you'll call I'll coach. Oh, like I'm going to go to the Arnold and I'm going to coach Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm competing Monday. I'm going to be here. Like, like I'm flying home Sunday night to make sure I'm here Monday. Like it doesn't it's go it, unseen. Man. Nah. Like it goes back to that. You know, your people move to gym, move your gym. Yeah. Because look what you're doing. That I mean, doesn't I go unseen. I have the most incredible humans, not just athletes. I have the most incredible humans in my life on this team. Cause this is like, I don't like, I say, I don't have friends. Like I have friends, a couple of my athletes, like one of my athletes, uh, a couple of my athletes are like my best friends and we have like a relationship outside of the gym. Um, but like, I remember at one point I used to save athletes numbers in my phone with like client behind it. And then at a certain point, I'm like, why am I joking to myself that I'm going to have other people in my life? Like, why do I- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> why do I think I'm going to have real friends? Like I'm not like, I don't know why I'm acting like they're a separate group. Like this is just my life. Uh, how do you meet people? I don't know the gym. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What do you mean? They join my weightlifting club and then they think I'm super cool. Cause I coach them. Like <laughs> <laughs> we get a coffee and then work out. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. I've got, I've got three questions. Okay. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? You have to care more than you don't care. And I had somebody tell me that one time and it didn't really make a whole lot of sense until recently. But on the days where you don't want to care because everything fucking sucks, you have to care anyway. Care more than you don't care. And that'll get you farther in life than anything else ever will. I like that. I'm just letting it sit. That's yeah, no, it's a good stomach. one. The the first time someone said it to me, I was like, hold on, I need to I need to process this. Yeah, and then yeah, once yeah. I processed it and then I like felt it, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, knowing me, I'm probably gonna just think over that for the next week and then it'll That's hit me okay. in the face one day and be like, Holy fuck. You'll get a you'll get a <laughs> random message with Yo, like that's a, cool. with a gif of a guy just going crazy or something. I don't know. You'd be like, ah, right, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Number two is, uh, what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received? Oh, fuck. The worst piece of life I ever received was probably in my freshman year of high school. I remember telling my biology professor that I wanted to be an EMT. And my teacher essentially told me that I needed to find a job working eight to five and be like everybody else because I wasn't smart enough or driven enough to do anything bigger than that and like there are very few memories I have that stuck with me because of just how much shit I went through um I so like I don't remember a single teacher's name right but I remember Miss Bishop being a fucking bitch (laughs) I remember that I remember having a teacher literally tell me to dream less big what yeah like pretty much she was just like no like that's too big like and here's what's funny right is like EMTs really don't do a lot like I never tell her, like, I didn't tell her, like, I want to be a paramedic, right? When I was a paramedic, you're like a baby doctor. Like you're in a box with a bunch of different like scalpels and needles and band-aids and you got to save, save people's lives. That's way scarier than being an EMT. And I was like, I, I want to be an EMT when I grow up. And she was like, mm, nah, you should probably reach a little lower. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't realize it till I got older, how fucked up that was. Should have told her to go fuck herself. I should have. Even in high school. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> Again, I got in a lot of trouble in school. <laughs> Things are different in the North, you see, mate. Like, yeah. you know, it's a little bit iffy. But hey, if any kids are listening, don't tell your teachers to go fuck themselves. And yeah, if you do, don't do that. definitely don't blame it on me. Yeah, or me. Or, or yourself, yeah. Or me, um, yeah, yeah. Three words you tell your younger self. Younger self? Matt, just don't stop moving. Oh, don't stop stop moving forward like the moment you think you're done you stop yourself like you can do like it's so cliche right but everyone says you can do whatever you want and like I'll have people reach out to me that like knew me from high school and knew whatever and they'll be like man like you're just crushing it you're killing it you're doing all this shit right like I'm not gonna say I hate compliments I really don't like talking about myself and I think a lot of that just comes from like childhood damage and trauma understood but but like, just do something bigger. Don't stop moving. Like, don't stop, like, whatever your job is, like, don't just be okay with being entry level. Like, we all fall in a certain place and not everyone's meant to be a leader and not everyone's meant to do big things. But the moment you're done becoming a better version of yourself, like, dude, prioritize your health, prioritize reading, like learning, man. Like, I love reading. I love expanding my knowledge because then I can share it with other people. Like, I'm always trying to be better in one aspect of my life. 
every single day. Just be a little better, be a better communicator, be more educated, be stronger. Just like, don't stop being better. Mm. Dude, I need to go work out. <laughs> you probably do. I'm fucking fired <laughs> up, man. Like, I appreciate you so much. Like, and, um, you know, it's, it's really, really nice to hear that there is at least one other person in the world that's fucking nuts. Um, and that cares about people as much as, as much as I do, man. Like, it's nice to hear someone say the same shit that I am not just crazy. So nah. uh, I appreciate what you're doing, man. For sure, dude. Nah, it's so fucking cool. And if I ever make it out of Texas, like I'll, uh, I'll, I'll yeah, walk I got a home for you. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'll end up tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. I've dealt with enough tears in the last 24 hours. Okay. 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 I'll hold it. I'll hold it in for another like two minutes or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Like I'm looking to fucking dot around the states. Like it's a cool place. I've never never really been there before. So I'll I'll let you know. Yeah, man. Come on. All right. Thank you, pal. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. Have a have a good day. All right, bye. Go lift some shit. Yeah, you too. All right, peace. Bye, everybody. Bye.